the whole world seems to be in a state of confusion, Andy Vieira and Mark Thomas help you sort it out. Join the club weekday morning, 6 to 9 on AM 670 KMZQ. Talk radio done right. Bailey Chevrolet is Nevada's number one Chevrolet volume dealership. Again, buy new roads. F-I-N-D-L-A-Y. Bailey Chevy is a place to buy. Home of the... Guys and gals, by now you know there are non-evasive and minimally evasive medical solutions to hair restoration without side effects, right? No. Okay, so you don't know. Doctors of Hair use only clinically proven treatments from platelet-rich plasma hair therapy that uses your own platelets to stimulate stem cells deep in your hair follicle to halt hair loss and regrow hair. To the FDA-cleared clinical hair restoration laser that's proven to regrow hair. To neo-graft hair transplants that offer discreet, natural-looking results in a week or less with no linear scarring. All of these services are administered by Doctors of Hair caring medical professionals, experts at understanding how devastating hair loss can be at any age. Treatments work for both men and women wanting a natural, thicker head of hair without side effects. Doctors of Hair, call now, 702-751-0086. That's 702-751-0086 or online at doctorsofhair.com. Doctors of Hair, now you know. Over 50,000 police officers are assaulted on the job each year, leading to injuries and death. This is the reality they deal with when making contact with the public. Another reality is that if someone doesn't comply with a lawful order or uses force against them, police may have to use sufficient force in response to obtain compliance. Use of force is always ugly. Nobody likes it, especially police, and nobody knows how it will turn out. Spread the word. For de-escalation to work, both parties must de-escalate. And de-escalation isn't necessary if there is no escalation. Help police by not escalating. Don't attack or try to disarm an officer. Whether it's getting asked a question, getting a citation, or getting arrested, don't argue, don't resist, don't flee. After the encounter has been resolved is the time to address any complaints. Comply now, complain later. Keep everybody safe. This message brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how to help law enforcement accomplish its goals, visit nationalpolice.org. Thought it was a rash, but my doctor said it was a tick bite. Ticks can spread Lyme disease and other illnesses leading to chronic health issues. My brother was always having asthma flare-ups. Turns out a roach problem at home was causing it. Allergens left behind by roaches and rodents are a major driver of asthma attacks. When I had a fever and body aches, I never thought it was West Nile virus. Mosquitoes breed in standing water and can spread serious diseases. Get the facts at pestworld.org. Las Vegas Rock. Hear about the must-sees, the wanna-eats, and go behind the scenes. Insider Ron Garrett keeps the Vegas vibe alive every Saturday afternoon at 5. Las Vegas Rock on AM 670 KMZQ. You're listening to Live and Local with Kevin Wall on AM 670 KMZQ. Talk radio done right. Coming up, we'll be joined by Scott Hammond, State Senator, District 18, and we're going to find out about his uh, education bill. Uh, he has a, an, a, all the uh, legislators get, I think, somebody like eight or ten what are called BDRs, bill draft requests. Uh, that's turned into legislative language, and then it goes before the Senate or the House. It goes to committees. Um, his education bill will try to clean up sports in school, as well as try and extend sports eligibility because of COVID. 
it's something that we've been talking a lot about over the last, well, really over the last couple of years. We'll do that and more coming up with Scott Hammond. Hope you'll stick around. More to do as we continue on AM 670 KMZQ, where news is next. into our valley. Union Strong means opportunities for personal growth. Union Strong is fellowship, taking care of one another on and off the job site. Our union has been working hard for the interests of working men and women for decades and will always be there for the communities we serve. Laborers Union Local 872, celebrating 85 Layuna proud years of justice, honor, and strength. My Auto Service, serving Las Vegas since 2009. The Lodge family's offering $14.95 smog checks and synthetic blend oil changes. Call 702-242-5432. Let our friendly staff know you're friends of the Lodge family. My Auto Service. Las Vegas Rock. Hear about the must-sees, the wanna-eat, and go behind the scenes. Insider Ron Garrett keeps the Vegas vibe alive every Saturday afternoon at 5. Las Vegas Rock on AM 670 KMZQ. Live from the South Point Hotel, Casino, and Spa Studios. From the world-famous Las Vegas Strip. AM 670 KMCQ, Las Vegas. Locally owned and operated by Camp Broadcasting and Digital Outdoor. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters reporting. President Biden declared unwavering support for Ukraine during a speech in neighboring Poland. White House correspondent Greg Clugston reports. Speaking to an outdoor crowd of thousands in Warsaw, the president said the world was bracing for the fall of Ukraine's capital city, Kiev, a year ago. Well, I just come from a visit to Kiev, and I can report Kiev stands strong. And he delivered this message to Russia's Vladimir Putin. Our support for Ukraine will not waver. NATO will not be divided, and we will not tire. The president visited Ukraine and Poland this week to rally Western allies ahead of the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion. Greg Clugston, Washington. Arguments were heard today at the Supreme Court over a case that deals with whether tech companies are liable for the material posted on their platforms. Justices will decide whether the family of an American college student killed in a terror attack in Paris can sue Google which owns YouTube over claims that the video's platform recommendation algorithm helped Islamic terrorists spread their message. Senator Bernie Sanders says his plan for universal health care has no chance of becoming reality over the next two years. Bob Agnew reports. When it comes to his Medicare for All bill, Sanders told NPR it, quote, ain't going to happen over the next two years due to a divided Congress. He also notes a plan gets support from only about half of Democrats and no Republicans. He does believe Republicans and Democrats can work together to expand primary care and community health centers across the country. Senator Sanders is chairman of the Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions. Bud Agner reporting. A rough day on Wall Street as the Dow was down by 697 points. The Nasdaq plunged 294 with the S&P 500 index lower by 81. More on these stories at townhall.com.
relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month. SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com. Tired of the same old partisan politics, the type that gives Nevada lax voting regulations, reduced educational choice, and bloated, inefficient state government? Feel like you're swimming upstream against a tsunami of special interests and legislators intent on serving the needs of government rather than those of ordinary Nevada residents and businesses? There is hope. I'm John Sarpolis, president of the Nevada Policy Research Institute. And we are working to hold our elected leaders responsible. This isn't a partisan issue. Republicans and Democrats have let down the very people they claim to represent in Carson City. For the good of our children, our parents, and ourselves, let's come together and work to put policy ahead of politics. Go to NevadaPolicy.org and learn what we're doing to stand up for your freedoms. This Nevada Policy Update has been brought to you in partnership with the Nevada Trucking Association. It's 204. This is your KMCQ News Flash. I'm Jim Dallas. Nevada's largest electric utility plans to raise customer rates yet again in the coming months. Envy Energy filed its quarterly rate adjustments February 15th with the Public, U- Public Utilities Commission. Through the filing, which was made yesterday, it shows Southern Nevadans will see an average increase of about 1.5% starting April 1st, and residents in Northern Nevada can expect an average increase of 6.5%. Get that electric vehicle. UNLV defensive lineman Ryan Keeler died yesterday. He was only 20. No cause of death was given in a news release issued by UNLV. Keeler, a six foot six, two hundred seventy-five pound sophomore from Chicago, played in seven games last season, and he had eight tackles along with one sack. Keeler was an academic All Mountain West honoree. He had a three point eight GPA in pre-business as well. Remember the windstorm which battered Las Vegas in March of 2017? Yeah, that event grounded airline flights. It flipped semi trucks, toppled light poles onto cars. Well, they're calling for similar conditions this afternoon. Yep, we do have winds expected to be between 35 and 45 and gust up to 70 miles per hour today. CQ on-time traffic is powered by Meineke Car Care Centers. Right now, get a basic oil change for only $29.95. Meineke, doing car care right. Watch for a stalled vehicle there on the right shoulder, U.S. 95 northbound. That's before Decatur. Reduced speeds on Interstate 15 southbound at Flamingo. And watch for crashes Karen at Eastern and southbound Lamb at Sahara.
Mr. President, it's time to get to work. Surely we both agree that the national debt is too high. Surely we both agree that inflation hurts American families. Surely we can trim waste and streamline programs to make them both stronger and more efficient. Congressional Republicans are ready to act to save our country and to make America stronger. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Wall. Hour number three of Live and Local. Don't forget, before the end of this hour, we'll give away a pair of tickets to see Jimmy Buffett uh, live in concert at the MGM Grand Garden Arena coming up on March 11th. Uh, we'll tell you how you can win. Just stick with us. Stick with us. We will uh, have those tickets rolling out the door before the end of the hour. Uh, I'm so excited to have Scott Hammond uh, on. Uh, he is here on a regular basis, on a weekly basis, uh, the state senator from District 18. He joins us from Carson City. Understand you're going to get some snow up there. Um, yeah, actually, Kevin, good to be on the radio with you again, uh, and we are seeing snow coming down right about now. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it looks more like rain right now. I'm looking out my window, and it looks like rain, but it's going to turn to snow pretty soon. Wow, wow. I uh, want to ask you, we're into week three of the 82nd Nevada legislature. Uh, not a lot has gotten done, although a lot of bills have gone to committee. Uh, you've got you've got a couple of bills that you're looking at right now, including uh, your education bill. Um, you know, the governor wants to be the education governor, and you're going to give him an, an opportunity to sign a bill that uh, that is all about education. Yeah, actually, I've got a couple bills on education. One of them is uh, what I call the Learn Anywhere bill. You know, I, I think we've gotten to this point now where we don't always just learn in a, in a classroom. We have to learn outside the classroom. We have to have more on-the-job um, learning, uh, so work-based learning. And I think we need to have some, some something in place that says when we're at that work-based learning site that we're learning something. We have a, a curriculum, if you will, and that way the students are getting not only are they getting work-based experience and getting some real practical uh, education there, but they're also going to get, uh, you know, some sort of credit for it so that when they come back, uh, whether that's, uh, you know, credit for high school or dual credit, high school and college, uh, we can always come up with a curriculum that does that. Um, I, I think that we it's necessary. So the bill I have creates a, uh, a situation where districts can take advantage of it if they want to right now. They have to use sort of the mechanism I'm telling them to put into place but it's up to them if they want to use it. Um, and it'll really help students who get out of the classroom but learn a whole lot in a situation that uh, they're also learning soft skills, how to shake a hand, how to get a job done, how to show up on the job on time, things like that. I mean, some things that are necessary right now in our society. So that's, that's one of the bills. And the other one is, is right up my alley. I, I talk about it. Uh, it's sports. It's sports-related. You know, COVID had a huge impact on our learning loss. But it also impacted some of the students who are into sports. And so, you, you know, I mean, the NI, uh, NCAA took a, took a shot at this. You know, they, they had players who um, lost eligibility because of COVID. So they extended their eligibility for a year. And I thought the same thing needed to happen here in college and high schools because so many students, I keep hearing more and more about students who said, look, there was too much learning loss. I need another year of education. I need another year of high school. 
which is great. They come back for one more year, but because the, the way we have our law right now, the minute they start their sports career their freshman year, they have eight semesters to finish that um, eligibility, and then they're done. So this bill right here would extend that for one additional year with a sunset that's put into place so that everybody who was impacted by COVID during their high school year, uh, once they're out of high school, once they're done with that fifth year, then nobody else can take advantage of it. So it's, it's, it's sunsets. But in addition to working that, I also wanted to make sure that we are looking at high school athletics. Too many times I have people coming up to me and saying, you know, I was told by a coach that if my kid isn't in uh, some sort of club sport, uh, club team, I don't even bother uh, trying out for, you know, baseball, basketball, what have you, football. And so I really felt like I needed to address that. So I'm going to try and do all of that in that sports bill. So that's just two of my education bills uh, that I've, I've got coming up pretty soon. I've got to ask you about a, a subject that nobody likes to talk about, but all of us uh, are, are impacted by it, and that is homelessness. Uh, and you've got a bill, uh, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, uh, what is it, SB 155, uh, that deals yeah, with homelessness. Can you talk about that? Well, that, that's not my bill, uh, but it is coming up. It is, um, it is a, an Orangeshaw bill. There's actually two bills dealing with homelessness that's coming up. Um, they, they're a bit problematic because I don't think that they address the issue that we need to address. I, I think everybody listening in on this radio program and everybody in Las Vegas would agree that this is a problem because it's, it's, it's actually a problem that's prevalent in every neighborhood in Las Vegas. I can't think of too many neighborhoods where you're not seeing the homelessness or the temporary homelessness um, situation impact them in some way. And so I know it needs to be addressed, but if you look at these two bills, uh, they're both talking about, well, one of them is the Homeless Bill of Rights, and the other one is really hamstringing what Clark County officials can and cannot do when it comes to the homeless pro- homelessness problem. Uh, for example, if, as long as a person who is temporarily unhoused is uh, not blocking somebody's uh, entrance into a, uh, a, a commercial um, property, then you cannot remove them. And, and, and basically, they're, you know, if they're laying there but they're not impeding traffic, then they can be there as long as they want. Um, that's not solving the issue. And that, to me, was, a, you know, I, and I think that that's what we're, we're coming up against right now is that we keep talking about how do we give more rights to these folks. What we need to be talking about is how do we give them help? You know, what is it that they need? And you see a lot of private-public partnerships developing in, in the southern Nevada area. Uh, you got Nevada Strong. I think it's called Nevada Stronger. Uh, that organization is out there trying to find out how to get folks, one, the help that they need with perhaps a drug addiction. Uh, maybe they don't have the skills that they need to find a job. Maybe they, you know, maybe their job was taken over by something else, and so they need to reskill. These, this organization and other organizations like theirs, they're trying to solve that problem. Uh, instead, we've got bills up here basically saying, hey, if somebody who is homeless wants to camp out on your property, uh, they should have the right to do it. Well, I, I th- correct me if I'm wrong. I thought uh, in the closing days of the uh, uh, gubernatorial campaign that Governor Sisolak uh, got $150 million, I forget what the uh, total was, that there was going to be all this help for, for the homeless uh, and, and low-income housing and things like that uh, that these people could afford. Uh, yep. Did that not kick in? No, it did. It did. And they're they're building housing units right now, even as we speak. 
Um, and so that's why I just think that perhaps the legislation that's being proposed is, uh, first of all, it's just misguided. Second of all, it's just premature because I don't think we need it um, to address the, uh, the, the problem as they see it. They just kind of see the problem differently than I do. I don't have any desire to create a situation that you see in San Francisco. You know, where people are afraid to walk the streets, you can't walk the streets, people are defecating on the streets, people are, uh, you know, drug deals are rampant. Uh, it's just, it's a, it's, a, it's a problem because now you've got businesses moving out, you've got um, uh, a decrease in the tourism that occurs. And, you know, we can't afford that here in our state. You know, San Francisco might be one thing, but, you know, Southern Nevada, Las Vegas, is, you know, the tourism trade, the tourism that we bring in, that's a huge part of our economy. We can't have a situation where people are afraid to come to Las Vegas because of our inability to control uh, the, you know, the avenues of commerce. And so, you, you, you know, it would be devastating for us to have something like that, that San Francisco sort of style, you know, hands off and let people do whatever they want to. Um, that's not going to fly in, in the state of Nevada. So I'm a, I'm a little worried about those those bills. I'm curious, what are, I mean, we, we talked earlier and you, you alluded to the homeless bill of rights. What rights do they have now? Can they can they camp out in front of my door? Can they camp out in front of your door? No, well, every person has the same rights that you and I have. Uh, we have the same rights. And so, no, uh, if they, they don't have the right to camp out in front of our door because we still believe in personal property. And that, you know, private property rights are, are you know, paramount. Uh, at least the, the founders of the Constitution thought they were paramount. And so this right here whittles away those, those private rights. Um, I know in San Francisco they were passing an ordinance. And, you know, when I read the bill, uh, I, I, I kind of had that same feeling to it that, uh, you know, you're not allowed to uh, put large rocks in your front yard because it might inhibit somebody from being able to camp out on your front yard. Uh, definitely don't want that. Right. Definitely don't want that. I mean, I want to help folks out. I want to make sure that they have some sort of housing. But I also believe that you have to uh, tackle the underlying causes of this uh, homelessness. And that is, uh, in many cases, a drug addiction of some sort that needs to be addressed, uh, mental illness that needs to be addressed. Um, that's what we need to do. Or skills. Maybe they just don't have the skills to, to secure a job that then will provide the income that then gets the housing. These are underlying things that need to be addressed, not making sure that they can camp wherever they want to. That's not that's not going to help out the issue. I want to ask you about a bill uh, that we've been talking about on the show today. Uh, it's the Nicole Canazero uh, abortion bill, uh, SB 131. What do you know about the bill and uh, its chances of passage? Um, so I know that the bill is designed to codify the executive order that was given by CISLAC after Roe v. Wade was overturned by the Dobbs decision. And so basically it is designed to do, I think, a couple of things, if I can articulate this correctly. Uh, one, it is designed to make sure that anybody coming into our state uh, and has a procedure, um, a reproductive service, uh, an abortion, um, that they cannot be, um, that our state, one, um, that our executive officer and his agencies are not allowed to cooperate with agencies in other states if they're doing an investigation of a provider and or somebody who may have received the service. So one, it handcuffs you know, our agencies and our executive branch from, from helping others and other states conduct an, an, a, any kind of investigation. Uh, and then two, it's to help those who are providing uh, these types of services, uh, reproductive health services, as it's mentioned in the bill, it helps them to um, 
to get licensed in the state in some way. Um, I listened to the whole hearing. I asked about three, maybe four questions. Um, but if you listen, you, you read the bill and you listen to it, it, uh, it doesn't really, I mean, it, it doesn't change much. Well, one of the things it does, I, and I'm trying to get to the bottom of it, is it does it expand uh, the definition of what reproductive health services are? That, that was my first question, looking into it. Um, number two, what does it do for the state of Nevada or the citizens of Nevada? That was the other question I have, because most of the bill dealt with, you know, helping folks who are coming in to the state and receiving these services or providers that come into the state get licensed and then perform these uh, procedures in our state. It protects them uh, from uh, prosecution from anybody from outside the state. So those are, you know, it does that, but it doesn't do anything for the citizens of the state of Nevada. And that was a question I asked. And I think that, uh, you know, I, I just I'm, I'm waiting for more answers for that uh, from that angle. Does it bother you that Nevada will become a source of, uh, uh, I mean, uh, Nicole Canazero, I think, bristled at the uh, even mention of the term uh, abortion tourism, but that this is going to be uh, an abortion tourism center for the rest of the country? What bothers me is that in the state of Nevada, we still don't have any protections for parents. So there is no parental notification, right? So if you have a 15-year-old, a 14-year-old who wants to get an aspirin at school, you have to get parental notification. If a 14, 15, 16, 17-year-old wants to go uh, and tan at a tanning booth, uh, they, you know, I think they have to get parental notification. Uh, there's just so many times where we have to have parents know what's going on with their kids, which is exactly right. But when it comes to a procedure like abortion, a 14-year-old can go in there and get an abortion and the parents would never know. I'm afraid we're going to see more and more young women coming into our state, receiving uh, these services here in our state, and then the parents of uh, these young ladies uh, back in their home states will never even know. Never even know, which is frightening because what happens if something really bad happens to a young lady the, the procedure didn't uh, take the way it, it, it you know there's a um uh, something horrible happens and the, the parents had no idea why i know this happened uh when we were talking about this very issue like you said that nobody likes to talk about this issue kevin um but uh you know a couple of years ago we talked about it here and uh, that was brought to my attention that a young lady she testified and said you know what happened was uh you know, i had the procedure and I was there was a lot of blood loss and it kept my parents had no idea I couldn't speak I think I passed out or something like I can't remember the whole story I think she passed out parents had no idea what was what was the cause of this and uh, you know it, it, she unduly suffered more than she probably should have but because the parents were not you know they, there was no nobody forcing there was no mechanism forcing the parents to know. And that hurt. And I, and I really like to see something like that happen here. I really have to see parental notification. That way this bill doesn't create what you were talking about earlier, where all of a sudden uh, we have an influx of people using our state for these services because the parents don't know, and they're bringing in 14, 15, 16-year-old girls, 17-year-old girls. That's, that's, that's horrible. Uh, any idea what the governor thinks of uh, SB 131, and would he sign it if passed? Um, I think, you know, again, given the situation that we're in, I, I, I think that he's aware. I mean, we're, we're all painfully aware of some of the big bills that are coming. 
Um, and I don't know exactly where he is leaning towards on this particular one. Uh, like I said, it, it codifies an earlier executive order. Um, it doesn't change the fact that it's legal here. And, and, and this is exactly what Dobbs wanted to do in the first place, right? Dobbs was not about overturning Roe v. Wade, and everybody keeps saying it. Uh, I think that they're, you know, um, I think they're wrong about it because it basically said we're not, you know, not overturning uh, Roe, you know, Roe v. Wade. We're just sending it back to the states, and, and our state just happens to be handling it this way. And the majority of the people in our legislature, um, Democrats, tend to believe that uh, you know, that uh, abortion should be not only legal, but it should be available to everybody. And that's the kind of legislation they're going to pass. Um, and I, I don't know where the governor is for sure on it, but that's kind of this is exactly what Dobbs was hoping that everybody would, every state would handle it the way that they felt like their populace needed this handled. So, you know, we're grappling with it because that's the, the way it should be. Uh, where is it legislatively? I know you've had hearings on it already. Uh, when does it go to the floor? When does it get debated? So we, we did have a hearing on it. Uh, it still has to come before the committee for passage. Uh, so we'll, what we call work session it, meaning it'll come back after some, if, if there's any changes that need to be made. Uh, I don't think there will be. Um, but uh, after any kind of change to the bill, then we bring it back um, and we vote on it out of committee. And so I would suspect probably by next week, we'll probably see it um, in, you know, in our committee again, and we'll vote for it and it'll go to the floor. So it could be by the end of next week, we might see it out of, on our floor, out of our body and over to the assembly. And I'm guessing we've heard a lot from Planned Parenthood and other like uh, organizations testifying in favor of this bill. Have we seen much of Melissa Clement and uh, Nevada Right to Life?